How do social entrepreneurs and small businesses create an authentic brand people love so they can get the edge they need to stand out, create predictable revenue, and compete against the big guys? That's what we're here to discuss. I'm Adam Force, the founder of Change Creator, and this is the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Change Creators Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast Show. This is your host, Adam Force. Um, I am so sorry we missed it last week, um, but we, the last episode we did post was with Chandler Bolt about two weeks ago, uh, and it was a great conversation. So we're all out here. Whether you're running e-commerce or you are uh, in the service business or you're your coach or whatever it is, um, building your personal brand, there's a time for that, and it's a great um strategy to help kind of reach more people and have them connect with your brand. So some of the steps that we put in place to do that is we're publishing books and things like that, right? Um, and so we had a couple conversations with people in the past about how do we do that? When's the right time? And this is what we talked about with Chandler Bolt. So I would definitely go back, check that out. There's a lot of value there and it'll answer a lot of the questions you might have around a strategy like that. Uh, today we're going to be talking about some fun stuff that I love, um, storytelling, branding, all that kind of stuff. And it is with uh, Seth Erickson, who is the chief mischief maker for Storify Agency. Uh, he worked at that. They like to work with startups and other businesses and basically they're they're building, they're building brands and they're bringing their unique stories out and all that fun stuff that connects with the world. Um, he's also an award-winning author. He has a book called How to Hack Humans, Storytelling for Startups. All right, so a lot of good stuff here. You know that we're all about storytelling here. We ran Captivate. I have a storytelling workshop you can get into. Um, so we're going to have a fun conversation here about storytelling. I think this is just an ongoing topic to learn about to help your marketing. Um, so so yeah, without further ado, we're going to get into that. Don't forget, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It just helps the show grow. We're going to be looking to bring in some really great people. I um, hope you guys enjoy today's conversation with Seth. Let's do this. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. Hey, Seth, welcome to the show today, man. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, storytelling, websites, marketing, you're right up my alley. I love it. Um, <laughs> so I'm excited to chat about these things. Um, I mean, I see you got step one brand blueprint. God, that's the that's the same language I like to use too, the brand blueprint. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's nice well, because I mean, I was just getting in a conversation yesterday and it was like we we're talking about how you know, people are building websites and doing all these creative assets without a brand strategy in place. And so it's like, how do you know how to build the house without a blueprint? Right. That's exactly. The, that's the concept, yeah. right? Yeah. I want to analogize the idea. So it's simple for people to go, oh, yeah. there is a plan. We're not just winging it here as we're writing the story. There are steps that there are parts or pieces <laughs> yeah. of the ingredients that need to be in the cake to make it an actual cake. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, before we get too deep, why don't you just give a little background so people know who the heck you are and, um, you know, what you got going on these days? What's hot? Yeah. So I'll, I'll try to simplify it, I guess. Um, so I ran a, um, very successful award-winning, uh, web design agency that, uh, wasn't successful by my standards. And by my standards, I mean, making a lot of money was great. 
and winning awards was great, but we weren't actually moving the needle for our customers. Um, we would build them a new website. They would be like, we love your website. And I'd be like, great. Are you getting more customers? And they're like, no. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. what the fuck are we doing here then? Yeah. What's like, the point? Yeah. Like you're just paying us money for no reason, apparently. And like, so yeah, man. Yep. I had, a, I had a friend who, um, uh, was the head of, uh, branding head of international branding for GoDaddy who, um, talked to me and, and basically, uh, gave me this book called winning the story wars by Jonah Sachs. And, um, that book kind of like opened my eyes to the world of storytelling. Um, you know, I've always been a fan of movies and books. I love reading. I love watching, you know, stories unfold on the screen, but I never thought, Oh, I should be a storyteller. And, um, so I got this book, read it, and then kind of went on a tear through audible, uh, downloaded like over, over 50 books, read all those books in, uh, under a year yeah. and went, this is the direction we need to go. And sure. so we did exactly what we tell a lot of our customers, which are startups, which is, you know, test your ideas in the market. So we started applying storytelling and we started seeing uh, bounce time, uh, bounce rates on websites going way down. We started seeing clients selling more of their products and services. We started seeing email open rates going higher. We started seeing click through rates going higher and we went, Oh, we actually have something here that works. Um, and that was the kind of the interesting thing is that <clears throat> we were great at, <clears throat> excuse me, we we're great at pushing pixels around the screen. Um, we were great at developing things, but we weren't very good at marketing those things. And so we kind of had to learn that new skill. And then we, when you go down the marketing path, you find a lot of things that like don't really fit with you. you you're kind of like, Ooh, this makes me feel a little icky. <laughs> uh, yep. This feels a little scammy and questionable. Whereas, Always, yeah. um, storytelling is as old as humanity. And so, you know, we kind of dove into that with, with, uh, both feet and, uh, decided that that was the path we should go. So we actually rebranded our agency to Storyfy agency, which most people think is a made up word like Spotify or Shopify, but Storyfy is an actual word that means to tell or narrate in story. And we thought that makes a lot of sense. We should call ourselves that. So that's, that's how we come to where we are today. Cool, man. Um, it's quite a journey. And uh, I agree with you. I mean, there is a lot, you know, it comes down to, I guess, perception, right? So we get into the world of selling and you could be the manipulator, the scammer, or you can be the well-intentioned, I want to help you uh, salesperson, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, these things can feel scammy. And and I, I've had that happen too. Like we do, because um, I'm like you, I was doing uh, courses and I was running like a premium magazine, interviewing Richard Branson, and all these guys. And, you know, it just wasn't, moving the needle for customers quite that it doesn't really, I was like, eh, okay. So we started doing services and courses and things like that. And I found that to your point, like building a website is great, but if they're not getting more sales, what's the point? So now it's, you know, everything is grounded in how are we converting more sales? Like, what are we doing? And yeah. So I'm like right there in, and, and I hear as you push people out of their comfort zone in selling and you're talking through these processes, the storytelling factor, the copywriting and how we see these things can make a significant difference in how we approach it to be, to your point, not scammy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I started looking at everything through the lens of, are we effective or are we not effective? Because if we're not effective, then we got paid a lot of money for nothing. Like yeah. it's basically a loss. Um, even if the customer didn't see it that way, 
you know? Um, and so that, that was really frustrating. And I think, you know, like you said, with the storytelling, whether you're selling or whatever, at the end of the day, you have to be able to communicate in an effective way. Again, there's that effective word, uh, (laughs) in an effective way to help customers understand why they should buy your product, why it's better than the next guys. And the way that we do that is through words, whether they're written or spoken and storytelling helps us do that effectively. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the things I've always found too is, and then what people miss, and I think you already have the design and development side, because when you do the brand blueprints, like you talk about and the strategy work that informs everything you're doing. Right. So I always would say that the story is verbal and nonverbal. So the story is being told visually, but also to your point, like words on the digital real estate, right? Yeah. Well, um, what we say is you have your brand at the center of your brand is a story. And at the center of that story is your customer. And so you've got to get those things to align, but like from a branding perspective, um, the way that I like to analogize it to help people get a better understanding of like, how do you create a brand is to say a brand is very much like a person, right? They have a personal style, the way they dress, that's your visual elements. They have their own uh, way of talking. That's your copywriting. They have their own personality, which also should go into your copywriting, but most people don't put that in their copywriting at all. (laughs) Um, They have their principles that they stand on, right? Like the things that they believe, and those could be your core brand pillars or whatever. Um, And then if you think about it again, like a person, you may have a good relationship with that person. You may have a very close relationship. You may have a, um, you know, a very distant relationship with that person and that you can tie to brand affinity. Like do people actually care if you're coming or going or do they love seeing you every time you're around, you know? Um, so we try to analogize it in, in that sense so that people can go, Oh, I get it. Okay. I need to, I need to figure out what my, you know, what my company's clothes are and what they're, you know, (laughs) um, you know, and, and, and so I can tie a lot of these things together by helping the customers think about it like that, as opposed to going, uh, well, okay, we got to figure out your brand strategy, your brand affinity, your brand, this, your brand, that, you know, and then they're just like lost because they don't understand these, these concepts, even though we understand them as like branding people, they're just like, I have no idea. Like this guy just keeps talking and he, I, I don't, I'm, I lost him like three minutes ago. <laughs> I can ago. see that. Yeah. I can see that. I mean, it's, it's nice to, cause if to your point, it's like you have all these pieces of the puzzle and if you start just tapping into them as like tactical pieces, like people are just like, like, what are we doing? Like they, to your point, like you tell these analogies and stories to help them understand, like in a simple way, like we need these things to align and like make sense to people. And mm-hmm. I like the idea of thinking of it as a person because it very much becomes that way. And I think people can, then they can see it, you know, they can see the whole picture because it is kind of big. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be able to help people contextualize the idea so that they can go through the mental schema and go, Oh, I understand that this thing is like this other thing. And now I can follow along and understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And what have you found um, to be some of the key most important pieces of the puzzle. Um, Cause you're talking about making a shift from designing pretty sites to actually mm-hmm. getting clients results. And what are some of the pieces that are now being introduced that ha- have helped move the needle the most for that? Yeah. So it's, it's um, well, part of it is just changing how they're communicating with their customers. And 
Um, and storytelling is, is obviously the main thing. That's, that's my whole thing, but we started changing, you know, because a lot of people use corporate speak. They're just like, um, dear sir, madam, I would like to introduce you to company, you know, a, and da, 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 da. And it's like, don't, don't talk about that. Like talk about the story that you want to tell and the way that, you know, I think is most effective is to start with a problem, understand where your customer's at, what is the problem they're having and start with that as the, as the, uh, the opening to the conversation yeah, and then, um, you know, expand on that problem, help them understand why the problem may be bigger than they see it. Um, cause sometimes they go, Oh yeah, that's, I, I feel that's a problem, but like they may not understand the knock on effects that that problem is actually creating for them. So I call it sticking your finger in the wound. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and then through that process, you know, then introduce your product service company or whatever as the solution to that thing, and then help them see the transformation that is on the other side of that. And that's where, like, I, I say the simplest story you can tell is problem, solution, transformation, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas a lot of people don't, don't even use that formula, right? Like I said, they just go on, they start talking about themselves, how they've won these awards or their customer service is really amazing or whatever. And it's like, dude, who the hell cares? Like nobody is going, I want the worst customer service company ever. I want the <laughs> yeah, least I creative mean, design yeah. company ever. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. that, that is stuff that people expect you to have and do. And you're bragging about something that like that you're, it's like you're bragging about breathing. It's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Everybody like, does it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's so, I know. so, so it's just, it's changing the method of communication. It's applying the storytelling so that, that, you're actually talking to your customer, not at your customer. <laughs> that's yeah. a, that's a big, um, game changer. And then as long as you're hitting on the right problem, um, right. Like we've run campaigns where our, our clients were like, this is definitely the problem our customers have. And then those campaigns fall flat. And then it's like, well, the story didn't work. This storytelling thing didn't work. It's like, no, you didn't understand your customer. And so we told the wrong story. So it's that's not a magic bullet. Right. Like, and, and that's one thing, like I always try to like, you know, warning storytelling is not a magic bullet, but if you are able to tell the right story to the right person, then you're going to get through to them. You're going to stick in their memory and they're going to understand what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, that, and that's it. And, you know, when we really got into, you know, I got into storytelling a long time ago when I worked at a company called WebMD and I was doing all kinds of stuff and, it trickled over into what we do today. And the, the deeper I went into like startup world or working with entrepreneurs and stuff, um, I have found that there's just so many layers of storytelling because you have the, the story that you were talking about, which is the company, the brand, like we're creating the branding. There's a story that it's kind of centered around. Um, mm -hmm. And then you have a lot of sales stories, right? The different sales stories that you might tell and use in your ads or whatever it is to connect with the customers. You know, every product will have different product stories or, you know, result stories and different things like that. So are you feeding into the different variations of stories? Are you just focused on the primary brand story and stuff like that? Yeah. So primarily we focus on, on the brand story and, and specifically the brand story on the website, right? Cause we're still developing websites, but the reason we do that is because your website is grand central station. So whether you, you know, your salespeople are doing leave behinds, whether they're calling people, whether you've got ads running, right? You got billboards, whatever people are going to go to your website to research you, to figure out who you are, what your thing is, and then possibly consider buying your product. So 
everything that you do with marketing tends to funnel back to the website. And then, you know, from there, that's, that's where I want to tell the story about, you know, the product, the service, the, the problem, you know, the issue and all that. So that's, that's kind of how we, we view it. Okay. Interesting. Um, and what kind of, just so I can get grounded, what kind of companies are you working with right now? Um, so we mainly work with startups, although, you know, uh, <laughs> we get, uh, we get, we have a lot of different, um, people on our roster. We have about 10 different startups we're working up with right now. Uh, they range from, uh, enterprise software to skincare to, uh, uh, workout and exercise health type stuff. Um, but we also, uh, you know, work with a major construction company out of California. Uh, we work with, uh, a uh, company called Cochlear that helps with um, in-bone uh, hearing aids, I guess, or um, I was going to say transplants, but that's not right. Um, <laughs> so, so we do work with a lot of different kinds of companies, even though uh, our primary focus is startups. But you know, it's like like anything; you do a good job, people talk. Somebody says, "Hey, you should talk to this guy," and even though they're not a startup, they they come and they say, "Hey, we, you know, we like this idea of storytelling, or we like." Um, the way you guys design sites or whatever. And then, um, we end up getting different clients through a variety of channels. Mm, interesting. And, and so what are you seeing as some of the more, I guess, how, how does someone know if they need help with their, their brand story? Um, well, that's easy. You just go look at everybody's website <laughs> and realize that they're either talking about themselves, they're talking in corporate speak or they're giving a bunch of information that, that nobody has any clue what the hell they're talking about. So <laughs> let me, l let me give you this example because I, I think it, um, I think you'll like it and it, well, I hope you like it anyway. Uh, <laughs> so if I give you the numbers 17, 32, 25, 11, two and nine, do you know the next number in that sequence? No, no, of course you don't. But I gave you all the information. Why don't you understand? <laughs> right. But if I, if I say one, two, three, four, five, six, what's the next number in the sequence? Well, obviously seven. Right. So the point is, is that when you use storytelling, you organize information in the way that the brain can accept, understand and recognize the pattern. Yeah. So I can look around at 90 plus percent of websites, um, since you know, we're web design guys, and read their content and know that they're not using storytelling, but they're, but the, the marketers are sitting on the other side going, we gave them all the information. Why aren't they buying my product? I don't understand. And it's because it's out of order. It's not, you know, it doesn't follow a pattern. And so people come and they look at the website and they're like, I don't know what's going on or I don't know why I should buy this or I don't know why I should care. So, yeah. so as far as helping people with their brand story, <laughs> there are, lots and lots of companies. Um, and especially smaller companies and, co and companies like startups that are starting, you know, what we see all the time is startups focusing on the tech and then not really spending a lot of time, you know, in the, like founders especially don't spend a lot of time taking marketing, branding, storytelling classes, right? No, they just, no. they go, okay, how do I, you know, make a better product, right? Or right. Um, how do I get the right people on my team or whatever, but they're not, they're not communicating why somebody should care about their product. They're communicating right. all the stuff that their product does. And that's yeah. not a story. 
<laughs> no, it's not a story. Um, and, and what do you, so I guess, you know, I'm, as people hear about this, one of the things that stands out to me is like, there's this story and I mentioned earlier about this guy, Paul Zach, and he like shows they wanted to see if storytelling can have the same power digitally as it does in person. And mm-hmm. there's this little video they have of an animation of a boy who is like playing in the yard or something. I can't remember. And I'm watching this as a new father. I'm watching this. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's in the yards playing and the father's looking at him out the window. And the story goes that the father just found out that the kid has like some problem and he has a I think it was like he has a, a short period of time before he dies but the kid has no idea he's out there enjoying life has no idea that this is happening to him I mean I'm watching an animation and because of the story that's being told you know the example was the you know we have the oxytocin the cortisol and all this stuff happening mm-hmm. in the brain and here I am I'm getting watery eyed watching this cartoon you know what yeah. I mean like the power behind the ma- and that why was that so powerful for me it would be for anyone who has a heart but as a new father <laughs> i was like the right i was like the right person because i'm a new father it really hit me you know what i yeah. mean yeah and that and and so that's that's actually one of the things that i i talk about in the book is that um we have these things called mirror neurons and the mirror neurons allow us to um basically have empathy with with when we see somebody going through an experience or we're able to relate that back to ourselves. I mean, it's the same thing when you, um, go to a a movie and you know, you see a hero on the back foot and you're like stressed out and you're like, what's going to happen next? Or you see him, you know, overcome the challenge. And then you're like, yeah, you know, like, so it's, it's, it's the, so yeah, that's one of the, one of the concepts of the neuroscience behind storytelling is that we have these mirror neurons. And as long as you're able to connect the story to the person in the right way, it, um, it'll basically incite that emotion. And one of the interesting things about emotion is, um, well, there's two interesting things. One is that emotion actually is what triggers us to take action. If we don't have emotion, we can't, we don't take action. So if you're selling something and you're not creating some sort of an emotional event, they're not, the person isn't going to make a decision to buy. Uh, the other thing that emotion does is it pushes, um, it pushes the memory from short-term memory into long-term memory. And the reason that's important is because short-term memory gets um, cleaned out constantly by the brain because the brain's trying to be efficient. And so when it goes into long-term memory, then you can recall that memory easier and that helps make you more memorable to your customers. So, um, so those are just two aspects there of, of the emotional component and how we as humans work. And so, um, you know, like one of the ways that I describe this is like, think about, you know, any emotion that, or emotion, any memory that you have that is super clear, it, it was either probably something really exciting and fun and, and great, or it was probably something really negative and sucky. <laughs> right. right? Um, and that's because that emotion pushed that memory out of the short term into the long term, and now it's stuck with you. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is, it, there's a lot to, to kind of grasp in there. And so kind of understanding, I think I always would say like you have to because I feel like it's hard to pin down storytelling for your marketing if you don't understand how and why it works. Right. Like, why does mm-hmm. it matter? Like, why does it work? It's kind of like if I'm going to play piano, I want to know what the black keys are, what the white keys are, what the mm-hmm. pedals are for. Like, how does it work? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And that and that's kind of what took me down um, or 
took me down the path of the neuroscience was I read a lot of these books on storytelling. I mean, you know, like there's the hero with a thousand faces, like that's a classic, um, right. you know, story by Robert McKee. That's another classic, but neither of those books address like what is actually happening behind the scenes, right? They just address, right. here's how to tell a story. Here's the structure. Here's the format, follow this. Um, and, and so it's like, you know, like I gave you the cake analogy earlier, it's like, but I want to understand like the chemical reaction that's happening between the flour and the <laughs> sugar and, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. that was me. Um, and so that's why I went down the, the, uh, the neuroscience route of going, okay, these books keep referencing it, but nobody is, is going deep into it. Um, although right. there's a, I, I would say there's a closer book, uh, called wired, wired for story by Lisa Cron, which is uh, really good. She goes deeper into it. And so like when I wrote my book, um, the first third is the neuroscience, but I wanted to kind of give people uh, a foundation of like, okay, I'm not just telling you storytelling is cool. I'm not just going to tell you it's effective and you should just believe me. I'm going to tell you what the science says. I'm going to tell you how, you know, all these things uh, that there's basically scientific studies on uh, work. So you have a, a solid foundation to understand why you should use storytelling and not just take my word for it. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's I find that to be so important. And how has your how have your clients been receiving the process and stuff now that you made that shift? Um, I would say pretty good for the most part, because, you know, we we can make a pretty clear case, not just with science, but also like anthropology. Like we've been doing stories since, you know, before people were painting on the inside of caves, before we had the alphabet, before we had the printing press. Right, right, like, right. That was the mode of um, transferring information from one generation to the next. So. Um, so we can not only make a scientific case study for it and, and prove out our points, but we can also make an anthropological uh, right. case study for it. And so we kind of, um, we go through a process of spending, you know, some time teaching our clients, like, here's why we use this method. We're not, again, we don't just say use this method because we're so smart and you should do it. <laughs> so we educate, we, we educate them into the process. And then usually by that point they're bought in and they're going, okay, I get it. Now, how do we tell a story and what's the story we should tell is usually the response. And by the time we get done with the story, they love the story, not because we're telling them how to tell a story. We're actually just facilitating the storytelling. We're asking them questions and putting the pieces together. And then right. at the end of it, it's something that we've kind of co-produced with them right. um, instead of going, you have to say this, you can't say that, you you know, like, and just <laughs> directing them. Um, yeah. That so, yeah. So it makes for a much more collaborative process where mm -hmm. people go, Hey, this is my story. Right. Instead of going, Oh, these guys told me this is what my story should be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, and so for people who are, you know, they got the, you know, three sentence about page, um, <laughs> I, you know, one of the, I think one of the misconceptions we'll wrap up in a minute is that the about page is the story. And, um, I, I don't know how you feel. And so I'm curious, which is why I'm throwing mm -hmm. this out here. Mm -hmm. 
I, I always say your story is not the, I mean, it's part of the story, right? I don't, I say that it's not the story. I mean, you could tell your brand story there, but the story to me is everywhere you have a digital touch point, right? It's, it's everything mm-hmm. that you're doing. So that's always been my uh, philosophy. And that's a misconception. Like, well, I have an about page. No, that doesn't mean you have your story. Like it, it's not, yeah. not the same. Well, it, and, and so that like your about page can be kind of the origin story. And, yep. and that origin story should really be about your customers in the first place. But, you know, too many times people are like, you know, I built this company, it's three generations old, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Whereas every company was started to solve some sort of problem for a customer. Right. So, so tell that, tell that story. Why right. was your company started to solve your customer's problem? Definitely. Um, ironically enough, uh, <laughs> we, we, we don't have an about page on, on our website. Uh, <laughs> um, but that, that is what, when people ask me, like, what should the story be? It should be like, well, the story should be about your customer. And they're like, well, what does that mean? Because the story is about us. And I'm like, no, it's not about you because you were created to solve a problem in the marketplace for right. a customer. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, so yeah. So, why those business start to begin with? <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not, yeah, not you know, not just, don't just give a bunch of stats about your company, right? Like you can throw some stats in there. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but like it needs to be woven into the story that in a way that is organic and authentic and not just like, Oh, we need some buzzwords here. Like, let's just put that in there, you know? Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. So it makes a big difference. Yeah. So, you know, like just as an example, I think a good starting point for an about page is, you know, especially if you're like a startup is, you know, we saw, you know, a hole in the marketplace where customers weren't being served by, you know, XYZ product. So we built this product to help customers, you know, fix this specific problem in their lives. And that's why we exist, right? Like that's really simplistic, but, um, yeah, the whole, the whole focus is on the customer and not saying, look at ama- how amazing we are. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I like. I always like stories. I always say start at some kind of point of drama, if you will. Yeah, you know, like if you like watch any movie that's good. Mm-hmm. The worst movies. Whenever a movie comes on, it starts chronologically. I'm like, up. Oh, this is gonna be a terrible movie. <laughs> Whenever it comes on, like you watch, like, uh, like Lord of the Rings comes to mind. But they're like, it starts with them showing this battle and how mm-hmm. the ring fell off, and you're like, oh my god, what's going on? What's going? On? And you're like caught into this point of drama, and it's like the the uh, further along in the actual story. But then it's like, okay, now we're going to tell you the backstory how that all happened, right? Yeah, and yeah. Like, so in screenwriting, that's called the inciting incident. Exactly. And, and <laughs> yeah. that, and if you don't have an inciting incident, you don't have a story. You don't have a start to your story, and so that's why. Um, from like a business perspective, I talk about the problem. The problem becomes the inciting incident that you yeah, yeah. Uh, are helping your customer overcome. And it's the closest thing, the closest felt pain that's going to trigger any kind of emotion if you're telling the right story uh, right. in the customer. So so the problem becomes the inciting incident. Um, you know, the part where I said, you know, expand on that problem, stick your finger in the wound. From a screenwriting standpoint, that would be called raising the stakes. You know, it's like, right. oh no, if we don't disarm the bomb, it's going to blow up the entire city. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> so, so the inciting incident's like, there's a bomb, and then raising the stakes is like, if we, you know, this whole city's going to get leveled if we don't disarm the bomb. So you're raising the stakes through through that process, and that's what they do in in, in uh, screenwriting, and and that's what we as you know marketers, copywriters, branding people need. We need to tell that story um, in the same exact way. And 
clearly it works. Otherwise we still, you know, the Hollywood movie business would not be billions of dollars. <laughs> I hundred percent. And you know, one of my catchphrases is always like all progress throughout history is only been possible because of storytelling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you know what I mean? Think about every major event and it's like, because how someone can communicate, tap into the emotions and get people on board to say, Hey, join me. You know what right. I mean? It's right. like, it's a, it's a form of pers persuasion when done well. And, you know, I don't recommend it for using it to manipulate people, but you do need to kind of goad people into action. So, I mean, that's that just, aspect. yeah. And you could do it with good intentions or bad intentions, like anything else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is a weapon um, when harnessed, it is a weapon that can be used in a bad way, but it also is how we get a lot of good things done. Right. When mm -hmm. used in the right yeah. way, I, I listen to like copywriting books and they're like, please use these strategies with, you know, care. Do not use these to manipulate people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the time. So um, how do people learn more if they want to kind of see what you're all about, if it's the right fit for them to get help and all that stuff, where do they go? Yeah. So if you go to storifyagency.com, that's S T O R I F Y agency.com. Um, you can learn about our company if you'd like to check out the book, which is called how to hack humans storytelling for startups. Um, it's in print format on Amazon. It's available in audio format on audible mm. and, um, yeah. So, and then, uh, we've got some other audio, uh, audio book outlets that'll be, uh, popping up over the next month or so. So, um, there's different places. Like I think it'll be available in overdrive. So if like you want to rent, rent the book through the library, like you can do that and, <laughs> they exist and th <laughs> things like that. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, what's the name of the book again? Say it. How to Hack Humans, Storytelling for humans. Startups. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome, man. Well, it was fun chatting with you, Seth. Appreciate you making the time today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning into the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. Don't forget to stop by changecreator.com for more information, fresh articles, content, and our services if you're looking to build a brand that people love. And please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate your support. Thank you.